Hi, this is Riley O'Brien from the Adelaide Crows Football Club. You're listening to the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast, my favourite AFL Fantasy Podcast and my number one fans. Please enjoy. (laughs) That was not really Riley O'Brien. The Cousins do not accept any liability for damage done to Mr. O'Brien's public image through association to the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Howdy, diddly neighborinos. This is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. He's back. Coach of NFNL, KFKL, no fight, no life, no fight, no life. And I'm back. I'm home at Cousins HQ. I'm alive. You are. Well, you're you're back, mate. After a very eventful holiday. The prodigal son has returned. I left a skinny, malnourished boy (laughs) and I've come back. I've seen the sights. Man. I've seen the world. A man. Do you have any uh, holiday stories for us, mate? Oh, mate. Well... (laughs) You know, that's a prompt because I, I know I've the some, story. <laughs> you know the stories. Yeah, a couple of near death experiences. My life flashed before my eyes with terrible, terrible sickness. I, you just vomit for hours and hours. I actually thought I was going to die. I thought it had something wrong with my liver or something. But anything else, ho- mate? Oh, no, nah, nothing else. Did you did you poop? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I did not shit the bed. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is not how I wanted to start the podcast. We'll leave that there. <laughs> right. How did you? How did your team go this week? Mate? I'm just thankful to be alive, cousin. <laughs> I'm glad you're alive, mate. I'm sure the listeners are glad to have you back. <clears throat> yeah, it's good to be back. Um, and I'm I'm happy to be back with a good score as well. I scored a 24-58 this week, which is nice because I had a terrible week last week. I think I scored what like 20. 2300 or something when par was Massive, at least yeah. 2500 plus so it was nice to get a week off when i had a shit week um and come back i almost pipped you you didn't um know. i didn't know but yeah now i'm ranked 7636th and i'm in a good mood i'm jolly i'm happy how did you go love it mate all right well i scored 2468 got you by 10 points in the end and i'm ranked 7004 79 and i forgot to bring it up last week but i actually pipped you last week and over a rank and i've sustained it for a second week so cop that mate there you go good on you you must be so proud i'm very <clears throat> proud mate it feels good to fly the cousins flag yeah. you've been charging and it's nice <laughs> it's nice to know that you know you, if you just keep plugging away at your team things can change your fortunes can change so it's good it's good we're up and about we are um, mate. now before we get into our hogs and flogs for the weekend i had a little bit of housekeeping few things I wanted to discuss, a few things I wanted to get off my chest before we get into it. And the first thing I want to do is to thank our boy, Naish, for coming on the podcast last week um, and filling in for me. You did an awesome job, mate, and I really appreciate it. You know, Otherwise, you wouldn't have had a podcast for a week and it just would have been silence. Or it would have been just the most awkward solo pod ever. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so thanks, Naish. I know you didn't have the best week in fantasy this week, but I just want to pump you up and say thank you. Nash is an OG merit owner with me. We were both on him when he was under 5%. He was our boy. And even though everyone's jumped off, I know. I see you. We are his OG fans. Um, now, the second thing I want to talk about with some housekeeping, right off the bat, I just want to announce that Keebs, 
can't make a league finals anymore. He's gone. He's been <laughs> knocked if, out already. As Round if 17. As if you've brought this out on top. <clears throat> i tell you what, it sucks because I... It's am, big news. <laughs> I'm actually first in overall rank in our league this year. So I'm, I'm carrying the crown for overall. But yeah, I'm eight and nine somehow in head-to-head matchups. I got stitched up this week. I lost by 13 points. And it's because I traded my boy Briggs. He's out of my team now. And I tell you what, mate, as soon as, as, soon as he left the subs, our spiritual leader was gone and the boys were just flat. I scored well, but I couldn't get over the line as soon as Briggs was gone, mate. It's upsetting. I'm <laughs> flat. I've, I've, been, I've been sort of the king. We've kind of been the, the both kings of, <laughs> of our, the gay, the, the gay dads of, the, of our league. The gay dads of our, that's a weird, <laughs> the gay kings together. I don't know. That made no sense. It didn't mate. That was a weird thing to say, but yeah, we've been the kings of our league for the last, what, like seven years. And now I'm not even going to make finals. I don't know what to do, mate, to be honest. I'm a, I'm a wreck. I'm a mess. Yeah. I'm going to have to fly the flag for the podcast. You can, you can go for overall rank and I'll just, I'll take the league win and um, we'll, you know, the podcast will be, the reputation will be upheld. Sounds good, mate. <clears throat> anyway, so let's get into our hogs and flogs for this week. We're going to start with our hogs. <laughs> Do you want to kick us off? Who have you got? I would love to, mate. Uh, Naziah Wanganin Miller, the Wang Mill. 130, mate. He has rocketed into top six death calculations. He's just been so good to own. The one bad score he's had in my team. He, it was weather-related. It was in the game that I just absolutely bucketed down against Richmond. But he just he keeps backing it up. This score was... I was not expecting a 130 from him. It's the highest score of his career so far. And it was phenomenal. I also wanted to give a shout-out to Darcy Parrish, who I brought in this week for his 126. I love Darcy Parrish. He's just one of my all-time favorite fantasy players. So it's a nice little pod to ride. What about yourself, mate? Yep. So my hog for this week... Is Jack Steele for his 146. And I just want to say, I never, ever doubted the great man. <laughs> what, a, what a score, 146. I um, <clears throat> So obviously I've been away and this was on Saturday night when I was on the plane. So I didn't get to watch any of this game. I didn't get to check any scores live. Hopped on the plane before the game started. And it's the first thing I checked when we landed and I just did the biggest fist pump on the plane. <laughs> I just stood there, just went, yes, yes. All is right with the world. I so badly wish I could have watched it. He had 31 disposals, six marks, and 12 tackles. That's just, that's Jack Steele, mate. He absolutely smashed the eye test as well. Like, there was one point in the last quarter where he got the ball on the wing and he was sprinting, and I was like, he's fine. He looks yeah. great. I said it two weeks ago. I said he, he looks back like the way he was like leading up for some plus sixes. I was like, man, I haven't seen him run like that in probably a month. Um, so, yeah, Jack Steele is back. He's my hog. He's my boy, the man of steel the spiritual leader of my team. It feels good. It's a turnaround for me and for him. So here's my hog for this week. All right, let's move on to our flogs. All right, my flog this week, I mentioned it just before. I traded out Briggsy. I was tossing up between who to trade out of Briggs and Darcy Cameron. I don't know why I made the call in the end. It was, it was matchup based. English is easy for Rux to score on. DC was actually on 54 at halftime and then managed a measly 23-point second half. I lost my head-to-head matchup by 13 points and was eliminated from finals. Contention, 77, mate. Like 23 and a half is the real big problem. How? How do you do that? I know he copped a little bit of a knock, but that was just pathetic, mate. Pathetic effort. So frustrating. And now when I log into my team, I have to see his face, who I hate, instead of my boy Briggs, 
and it just makes me feel miserable when I look at the subs. So Darcy Cameron, mate, not good enough. Absolutely just crap. I also wanted to give a shout-out to Tom Green for his 69. You've been great all year, mate, but in a game I needed to win personally as a fantasy coach, just disgusting, disgusting effort. Against the Hawks, 69, really? Just what? not good enough. Not what good actually enough. happened there? He like, just I didn't watch the game. He just sucked, mate. He just could not find the ball. Yeah. It was so frustrating. So frustrating. There was much, much worse scores over the weekend, but those two sunk the subs this week head-to-head, and they're my, they're my flogs, mate. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in, circle back to the Darcy Cameron one, because he's also my flog for this week. I would have given it to someone else, but honestly, everyone kind of hit their average or what you'd expect for them. But yeah, Darcy Cameron, 77 points against English. He was on 54 at halftime. Like, you already mentioned it. Like, what a shit effort, man. 23 points, second half. And the really disappointing thing is that it was looking like such a great pick. We both picked him up the same week as Keys in the first week of the buyers. We were early to it. Um, And it looked like season-defining selections for both of us. You know, it sort of turned our seasons around. And now he's kind of undoing his work very, very quickly. And it's turned into a bit of a poor pick. So, Darcy Cameron, mate. You're a flog, and we're both looking to get rid of you soon. Thanks for coming. Yep. All right, let's move on to our hot bakes for this week. Hot bakes. Do you want to kick us off? All right, I will kick us off. I've got a quote. This quote has actually been bandied about a lot of podcasts over the years. It's, (laughs) you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. It's never been more relevant than this week. Horse Longmire. (laughs) <laughs> benching Gus Sheldrick. It's, uh, I don't even know what to, what to say. He He's, what, 54% tog? I'm heated, mate. He averaged 72% tog in the two games preceding this. If he got that again, that would have seen him score a 60. A 60. That would have been so much better than what he actually scored. And it would have got me over the line in my matchup. I just can't understand the benching, though. It's like... So if we go back three weeks, he kicked two goals in the third quarter against Brisbane to turn the tide of the match and get Sydney sort of, you know, back in it and alive. They ended up losing, but he was instrumental in that game. He was then dominant against West Coast, was one of the best players on the ground. And then the week after that, last week, he was great against Geelong. And in the very last play of the game, he was involved twice with a rebound 50 and then the inside 50 to set up the last shot of the game, which Fox missed. He could have won the game for him, is the point. Three weeks in a row, this guy has had an instrumental impact, has just been one of the best players on the ground, and you bench him. I, I, uh, it's just so annoying. Most of that was in the last quarter. He played uh, much less than 50% talking in the last quarter. He had like a 15-minute spell mm-hmm. on the bench. What are you doing, Horst? Do you not care about winning games? You lost a close one. You got pumped out of the midfield in the final minutes. He could have helped. He helped the three weeks before it. I don't know. I don't know, mate. What are you doing, horse? What are you doing? You've got a stud midfielder there. You get crunched out of the midfield in the final minutes. You lose the game. It's Yeah, it's a bit absurd. He did just he did have a little ankle issue that he picked up in the first quarter, but it was nothing, man. Like, he went down. He got it strapped up. He was fine. Um, it's just annoying that this is a hot bake that we're doing, that we've baked horse for the exact same thing two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's like, man, yeah, and it's just it's just frustrating. But anyway, it is what it is. Okay, so we're going to move on to my bake. And I've never baked a player for this before, but I'm baking Patrick Cripps for his kick-to-handball ratio. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one. But he had 29 touches for a score of 88. And literally 
every time he got the ball, just pivot, pivot for a handball. Like even just he went backwards. Like it was the stupidest thing. It's like, mate, you could you have so much time and space. Kick it, move the ball forward. But nah, he just I, I don't know if he had something wrong with his foot or something whack. Like a couple of times, burst inside fifty. Could have had a shot and goal. Nah, look for look for a pass off. Ridiculous <laughs> goal assist. Two goal assists. Stupid man. Well, I, contrast that man to Petraka, who had twenty touches for a one hundred and five. Which brings me to my second bake. Simon Goodwin, who's Petraka as a forward, despite Oliver being out, kind of James Jordan as your leading CBA midfielder. I picked him up because of a stellar form that he's been in as a full-time mid without Oliver. And after the news of Oliver's setback, I was like, yeah, all right, I'm going to have a piece of that. But obviously, Goody had other plans to sabotage my team. So, Simon Goodwin, you're hot baked. You've been baked a lot of times on this podcast this year because of Angus Brayshaw, but this time it's for Petraka. Yeah, we hate you, Goody, mate. Just throw that out there. Why couldn't you do this earlier in the year? Seriously, mate. Why couldn't you have done this round five, round 10, any point earlier in the year instead of waiting until now? Stupid dog. I just wanted to mention as well that Cripps handball to kick ratio was five kicks to 20, uh, 24 handballs. That's that, actually cooked. That's, that's, that's seriously cooked. Yeah, that's bad. Move it forward, mate. What are you doing? Okay, that wraps up Hot Bakes. Let's get into some GBU, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, Cuz, do you want to kick us off? You can get into your good. All right, my good for this week is Luke Ryan. <laughs> off. <laughs> get out of here, mate. Leave. Go back to Thailand. Don't start the pod with that. You're trying to antagonize me, mate, and it's working. That oh, is ridiculous. This is so funny. I, wanna, I, wanna, I love this. Do you I have, love this shit. Do you have DT live stats of how many points he's You get them up, and I'll, I'll explain the story. You get the stats. So, basically, Luke Ryan, the reason that Keebs is so mad is because Luke Ryan eliminated him from <laughs> our fantasy finals. As I touched on before, so Keebs needed Sean Darcy, Brayshaw, and Luke Ryan to score less than 93 in the last quarter collectively, and Ryan got more than half of those himself. He went full freak mode, and it was like down to the wire. Like Brayshaw had a very average second half, had a very average last quarter. Sean Darcy had a good last quarter, but Luke Ryan, what did he have, like 55 points? Yep, he hit 55, and he scored 23 in the last three minutes, and I lost by 13. It was... It was the most ridiculous thing. I think three of those were intercept marks. I can't believe it, man. And then he caught someone holding the ball. It was ridiculous. And how, how many did you lose by? What did you say? 13. Wow. So he, he scored more than what I lost by in the last three minutes of the game. It's just like, come on, man. Why can't my players do that? <laughs> I can't so anyway, it. Luke Ryan, he was excellent this week. And man, he's been good. He's what? What's his three round average? Mate, something, something nuts. Like one twenty. It's an plus one twenty plus. Yeah, nah, yeah, something like that. One twenty three. I think we'll talk about it later. We will talk. <laughs> I'm going to say one twenty three. I believe that was the number of his last of his three round average. All right, I'll get into my good after you've just put me on the spot like that. And it's Rowan Marshall. 148 against Melbourne, Gorn and Grundy. That's as good an effort as you see from from a big man. Like, Marshall has just been phenomenal all season. And this was probably the best game in terms of matchup and just, you know, outperforming expectations against the matchup. I couldn't believe it. No way I thought he would score 130 plus against these two guys. So the fact that he put up like a massive captaincy worthy score is just great stuff. 
Really, really nice. Um, just quickly on that Gorn and Grundy duo, they haven't been super restrictive. English had a good score on them. I know um, Darcy Cameron even had a good score on them. Yeah, turned up. Like, it's funny that at the start of the year, we're like, oh, mate, it's cooked. Like, it's the two best Ruckman in the game on the same team. And they've both just regressed so hard in the in the one year as actual footy players as well. So, I don't know. I don't think the matchup is as tough as we thought. They're not They're not super, like, accountable. Well, they kind of float and do their own thing. Just Yeah, just on that. You're, you're absolutely right about the, the accountability. But Gorn hasn't quite regressed too much, I wouldn't have thought. Like, the, less ruck time is, is leading to a bit less scoring. But um, his average is still massively influenced by that by that injury that he sustained early in the year. So he's, he's right around the 90 mark, which, you know, is, is solid. And I think most people expected some regression, so that makes sense. Grundy is the one, really, who's just fallen off the face of the earth in terms of fantasy scoring. I, I can't believe how, how badly he's scoring, yeah. to be honest. It's disappointing. Anyway, we're going to move on to our bad. Now, this is slightly controversial, but I'm giving it to Taranto for his 97. Fair. He just doesn't look like the same piggish Tim while Hopper's in the team, I don't think. Um, like, you got to be... You've got to be fair, he's had a tough matchup the last two weeks. But listen to this stat, right? With Hopper in the team, he averages 111, and then without him, he averages 130. That's a big difference. That's like 19 points. Yeah, that's, that's a huge. That's, that's a massive swing. Yeah, so I don't know. Is he is he the, you know, the perma-captain VC guy that, you know, just use him every week that we thought he was? I don't know. It's, extre- it's, it's extremely frustrating because the last two weeks I've finally bitten the bullet and gone, yeah, all right, I'm going to just perm a VC and see Taranto and now he's flopping. Yeah. Come on, man. Seriously. Captaincy woes just continue. Well, mine do, mate. I've, I've had two captains for less than 100 in the last two weeks and I'm partly blaming Taranto for it. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in decent captaincy form, but would be a little bit better if Tarantasy... If Tarantasy? <laughs> I don't know how that's happened. Tarantosaurus. <laughs> if Taranto hasn't been such a dog. All right, I'll get into my bad, and it's Harry Himmelberg for his 75. It's not so much directed at Himmelberg as it is directed at the Umps. What are you doing? I posted this on the Cousins Twitter because I was extremely angry. There was one part, I can't remember who got the ball, but Himmelberg was like streaming forward. Someone got it on the wing, wrapped him up in just a beautiful tackle, dropped his knees, like didn't do anything wrong, called for a dangerous tackle. That's a seven-point swing, obviously because a tackle doesn't count and a free against... There was another contest in the air where he was like clearly held and he got the free against him. There was another one where he came over the top for a spoil and I think he got called for in the back. Just three piss poor decisions from the umps, to be honest, that could have would definitely prevented Himmelberg from scoring 90 plus. 90 would have been an awesome score from Himmelberg at his price. So bad from the umps and Himmelberg 75 is just not good enough at this stage of the season. No, not at all. All right, let's move on to our ugly because I have a GWS player to nominate for this and it's Josh Kelly. Any uber primo that can be held to a 30 is a huge red flag. Now, fantasy (laughs) is more than a game because it's an art and you want your boys... (laughs) You want your boys to have good chemistry, to have good feng shui, to have flow and vibe between them and any uber primo that's going to dish up a 30 is just going to ruin the chi of your whole team. You're going to be out of sorts, out of whack. You're just going to be cooked. You just want that nowhere near your team. Josh, yeah, I don't know. I, I flagged him as a great option. I thought he was going to like push top eight mids coming home and he still might. If from here, he might, yeah, but... 
because he's got he's got the tag game out of the way. He's not going to come up against Finn McGuinness again. But oh, it's just it, it like it's a bit sickening to have someone that can dish up score that bad if they get tagged. Like maybe other teams see that and they go, oh maybe maybe Josh Kelly's an easy guy to tag, easy guy to take out of the game. Yeah, Finn McGuinness is just such a powerful runner. Like he clamped him all over the ground. It was a phenomenal tag. I think we're going to see that a lot more from McGuinness as well now. Like, we we know. I mean, we knew before this season that he was a phenomenal tagger. He just hasn't been in the team because I think Hawthorne sort of been trying to play a bit more attacking with their mids. But now that he's done a job this well, I, I can see him playing for the rest of the year and just clamping someone each week. Yeah, well, yeah. Sam Mitchell pumped it up as well afterwards, saying it was, it was really great to take out a player of Josh Kelly's caliber and hold him to six disposals yeah six that's ridiculous <clears throat> but still the the ugly is still on kelly mate do something he still had like more than 10 cbas it wasn't yeah. just like Play a tackle yeah yeah push exactly. forward do, do something s- yeah. do something impact the game fair enough all right my ugly this week and i think i've <laughs> had this guy as an ugly more than anyone else this year bailey smith he scored have you seen his score? Do you know what he scored? 43. Bruh. <laughs> 43 he scored. This is just one of the all-time falls from grace in, in within a season. I don't know what's going on, but Bailey Smith six weeks ago was an option that everyone was targeting in their teams. Since then, he's dropped 50s, 40s, 70s. Disgusting. So Baz for his horrible run of form, and this really just capped it off. 43. Ugly. As ugly as it gets. Cheap for next year, mate. Yeah, but... <laughs> Jeez, nah, you would, you, you could, you definitely could next year, but something's something's going to miss, or I don't know what the issue is, but I swore to myself that he he really was on my never again list this time because I took him off my never again list <laughs> and this he's year. Gone, he's gone back and he's been, and he's gotten worse. worse. Yeah, worse. So I I kind of there's a pr- there is a price for every player, but Bailey Smith is not a guy. I just. I don't want to see him in my team, man. Yeah, you've got to stay away from him for the rest of the year, no matter how cheap he gets. But next year, he's he's got to be a watch list. He has to be. Yep. All right, let's move on to our next segment, which is Knights of the Round Table. We're Knights of the Round Table. We dance where we're able. We do routines to call the scenes to footwork in bed cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. You know what it is, Knights of the Round Table, and I want to kick us off by shouting out Pendles, Scott Pendlebury, for breaking the all-time disposal record. He's also the all-time fantasy points leader and just a dead-set hero. So shout out to Pendles for just being one of the all-time greats. He's my all-time fave. I know you love him as well, cuz. Just wanted to get that off my chest to start off. The second thing to talk about is DPPs. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of crept up on me. They did creep up, um, and unfortunately, there's not really any relevant ones. (laughs) I've written down the most relevant just to list off quickly. So Doherty, Dacos, Gus Brayshaw, and Sinclair all added mid status. Not really relevant for Classic. Uh, Short added def status, Jaden Short, but unfortunately, he's injured for the next four to six. So that's not really relevant now, but when he comes back, he could definitely be an option. And the last one that is classic relevant is Dev Robertson, who added forward. If he's you know on your bench or whatever, you've got a bit more flexibility with him. Now, now we are going to talk about. <laughs> you weren't ready for the set. I was the not. Switch, I thought I thought you were just going to keep going. Well, I right, can, no, I, no, 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 I'll no. I'll lead it. No, I've shut got, up. No, I've okay, got, I've I'm got g- something <laughs> I want to talk about. Is the game, cousin, is the game easier than ever before? Yes, much, much easier than ever before. And that is a big problem. 
I want to start off this chat by saying I really hope that they decrease the the um or maybe increase prices or decrease the salary cap. I know the salary cap stays in line with the AFL salary cap, but something needs to be done to just change the value of players because everyone's teams are finished more or less now. I've got one rookie left on field and he scored 113 last week. Like, yeah, I've got some stats here to back up what I said. I don't know if you want to, what you want to No, add. you keep going. You keep going. So my score last week, 25-22, was the highest score I've had since 2018. And in that time, so between 2018 and now, I've had three top 1K finishes and one of those was like 300. So the fact that by round 16 of this year, I'd scored a higher score than any of the previous years in which I finished around the top 1K just indicates that teams were finished much, much too fast this year. Um, I, I, obviously, I backed up. You did as well. That that big score with another solid score this week, 2,400 plus. Um, I, I also have my fourth highest ever average for fantasy points um, per week. And we've got seven rounds left. We've just come out of the buys, which are the lowest scoring period of the year. So... It's weird, man. Like, it shouldn't. Your team shouldn't be finished at round seventeen. We've got what? Well, yeah, seven rounds left. It's just, it's it's frustrating because now it's going to be extremely hard to climb in rank for anybody, let alone you know people trying to make their way into hat contention or. It's it's an interesting thing though because I I think all of us are experiencing the game differently for the first time ever. Really, like my team is complete, and it's the first time I've like fully fully completed my team in probably that's, seven or eight years of playing. It's around 17. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> crazy. But I think I do, I want to add to this discussion because I think it's, there are a few factors at play. It's not just the fact that we have an extra trade or two and also slightly more salary cap. Obviously, those things help. But I think also we've had some incredible rookies this year, even though it was looking dicey and like a couple of really cheap ones haven't come along. But there have just been a couple that have absolutely smashed it. Like Sheasel, best fantasy first year player we've ever had oh, by a mile. Yeah. First half of the year, he was like top, he was a top six forward and top six defender. Yeah, ridiculous. ridiculous. We had we had um, Ashcroft, who is also you know if Sheasel wasn't around, he would also be in that conversation of one of the best um, first year. Certainly, well, he's averaging eighty four, and it's, it's crazy. It's like it's like Walsh's first year, and he was. At the time, he was the best we had had as a first-year player. Yeah, one of, one yeah. of certainly. Yeah, so there are a number of those. I mean, we've had Sheldrick come along just at the perfect time during the buys and average, what, 90-plus over the buys. Yeah, there's been good rookies, don't get me wrong, but it's that I don't think that quite explains the, the ease of the game. I think definitely the... No, but the, other thing, the, but the other thing I wanted to add to this discussion is like part of the reason we're getting huge scores is that the popular players that we've all been targeting... Um, and the Uber Primos that are popular just have not slowed down. Like that, they're, they're not dropping stinkers. Bont just all year has been smashing it. Um, Dacos, what's he averaging? Like one fourteen. Dawson one sixteen, almost one seventeen. It's massive. Like when was the last time a defender averaged like significantly more than one ten? And we have two of them that are more than sixty percent owned. Well, Doc, Doc last year was uh, like. But uh, yeah, the thing about Doc last year is that no one expected it, so he wasn't very popular. You get what I mean? Yeah, like by I, the end, there were still quite a lot of teams that didn't have Doc. Yeah, I get what you're but, saying. But it's, Dawson is 60% owned. Dacos is 65% owned. And they're averaging one, like 115, the pair of them. And then you have other guys. Sinclair is averaging as much as he was last year. 
and he's like 40% owned. But also, his recent form is what, like 110 plus? I think the issue was just that. I mean, these all, these things all do feed into it, obviously. But I think the thing was just that the player prices didn't increase as much in line with the salary cap. And so everyone was just priced under what they were doing anyway. So players like overperforming their their price at the start of the year are doing it by even more than they yeah. would have in recent seasons because of that. Yeah, I guess so. It's well, it's it's all those factors coming together into one perfect storm of just like, well, we've never finished our teams this quickly before. But yeah. you had you had also the other thing is a lot of the mid prices that were very popular at the start of the year have all gone on to outperform their prices comfortably and keep it up. Taranto absolutely smashed his starting price. Goulden smashed it. Rosie smashed it. Cogs put like four or five points on his starting price. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and like everyone had at least four of those guys. Yeah. Well, you know I, what I mean? I, I, so it's like none, none of them really failed. So it's like, oh, great. We we kind of started with a bunch of keepers that were all underpriced. Yeah. Or, I would consider those guys all to be primos still. Like even at the start of the year, they were all premium priced for their line. But yeah, they've, they've all put significant points on their average. Um, yeah. I know. A, a lot of mid prices this year did pop, but it just, I feel like the ease take some of the enjoyment out of the game. Like it's it's fun. It makes it a different game. It does. It's fun riding guys like Keys. I know Keys is super popular now and he's been informed, but it's fun when it like there's more on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I get you. Keys is is a significant unique that not everyone has or like Yeah. You know, it, it, having these mid-price guys that sometimes pop and sometimes fail is kind of what makes the game enjoyable in a way. And the fact that everyone's just got teams full of primos now, it's kind of like, oh, well, my team's going to be good. Your team's going to be good. Like, there's no real yeah. concern well, we're gonna, over scoring. We're going to see some huge scores coming home, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. It's pretty nuts. Like, my M6 is 900K. I've got Titch at M6. Yeah, my, my M5 is, is 900. So, it's pretty nuts. But I think that that's a good way to segue into our next discussion because we all have quite a lot of similar primos and quite a lot of highly owned primos. So, we thought it'd be good to discuss some alternative options because we're about to play... A kind of a game of fantasy that we've never really played before, which is sort of chase primos that aren't really popular yeah, and no see if has. we can climb any rank by doing so. And there's even potential to jump off some highly owned guys to, you know, to gain an advantage over over other people, especially if you're in the top thousand and you want to make a push for a hat. I think you've got to make some moves because, you know, a lot of these guys, Taranto, just you name all the guys we mentioned before, they're 100% owned. 100% owned in the top 1,000. Oh, yeah, very close to 100%. Well, Taranto, I think like three people jumped off Taranto yeah, last week. 99.7% owned in yeah. the top 1,000. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so let's let's take a look at some players that are massive pods in the top 1,000. So this is not their overall ownership. This is their top 1,000 ownership. I'm going to list them off. Yeah, so and then we're going to discuss our favorite ones as options to bring in. Yeah, so we, we I think we categorize these guys by less than 30% in the top 1,000. So their pods in, in the fact of, yeah, most most great coaches don't own them. Yeah, all right. We're going to start with defenders. Now, here we've got Liam Duggan at 1.8% ownership, Luke Ryan at 6% ownership, Mitch Duncan at 6%, Nasiah Wanganeen Miller at 4%, and Caleb Daniel is amazingly only in 1% of teams in the top 1,000. Who do you like out of that? It's pretty remarkable. So I've highlighted three of those names. One is Luke Ryan, as much as I hate to say it. <laughs> He's got that three-round average of, of the low 120 mark, uh, six-round average of 105.5. So he's just in phenomenal form. Um, and he's got that massive ceiling, which can really win you matchups and, and catapult you ahead of other coaches. 
Um, the second player I highlighted was the Wang Mill, Naziah Wanganin Miller. Five round average of 103.6, but he's starting to show a ceiling now with his 130. Um, I'm a massive fan. He, he's got that monopoly on Saints kick-ins that you'd like to see, and he just junks it up back there. We know like the Saints like to chip it around. And the third name I highlighted out of that bunch was Caleb Daniel. He's got that forward DPP, which is still super handy. Um, you still want flexibility in your team. It's not something that I guess you would prioritize, but it's kind of just an extra bonus if you're interested. And he has a 10-round average of 105.2. So that's just right up there with the with the best defenders. Um, also would get him in that top six forward mix as well. So I think he's, he's one that you can definitely target. I'm amazed you didn't um, highlight Duggan. You're not keen. I'm not as keen as you are. It's the West Coast factor. And also, he's susceptible to very poor scores. He is, but listen. So, his five-round average is 115. So, that's higher than... That's enormous. It's, it's higher <laughs> than the guys that you, the guys that you just flagged. Listen to his last, last five rounds. 116, 113, 69, 137, and 140. So, obviously, there's the 69 in there. And there's, there's not really a reason for it other than... It was in the Sydney game, which was the biggest bloodbath you'll ever see. <laughs> but um, the thing that I like about Duggan, and I've, I've seen a few people flag this on Twitter, and it's the West Coast chipmark game style that they've talked about going back to, and we've seen it in the stats. It's pretty, pretty nuts. Let me give you some stats about West Coast chipmark game style from the last two weeks. So, last week, Hunt had 15 marks... Hoff had 14 marks, Widow 9 marks, McGovern 9 marks, Duggan 9 marks. And then last week, Barras had 14 marks, Hearn had 13 marks, Widow had 12, Duggan had 8, Hunt had 7. They're literally just trying to stop, stop the tide, stop the flow, stop the bloodbath. It's not working very it's well. It's not, it's <laughs> not. But the fantasy scores of West Coast backline have been insane. Duggan averaging 115 in his last five. I think he's going to have a couple of huge games between now and the end of the season. He's in 1.8% of the top 1,000. I really think he could hurdle you up the rankings. Super unique. Yeah. yeah. I, I do... You can't deny it, man. The the, the numbers are there. It's it's an interesting one for sure. Um, I don't think he... I know he dropped a 140 in that game. I was going to say, I don't think he quite... Ah, sorry. That, that 140 was five weeks ago. Um, yeah. I don't think he quite has the ceiling of some other guys, which is funny to say after he's recently dropped a 140, but he hasn't really shown it much throughout his career except for right now. And he still scored three sixties this year. So he is susceptible to bad scores and he's almost 900 K now. So most of the other guys that, that we've rattled off are going to come cheaper than Duggan. I think he's probably the riskiest pick of the bunch in terms of he's got the lowest floor, possibly the lowest ceiling. And maybe besides Caleb Daniel, he hasn't really shown too much of a ceiling in his career. But um, And yeah, he plays for just a horrible, horrible team. So it's risk, but hey, if you like him, you can get him because he's got the numbers there to back it up. For that five-round average is absolutely enormous. I think that might actually be the highest of the bunch barring Luke Ryan. Yeah. So. Yep. Oh, just one other name. Obviously, James Sicily. He was actually at 0% because yeah, obviously back. no one in the top 1,000 has held him for like a month. Yeah, that's, over the buys. So that, that's an obvious that's, one. That's an obvious one. If you can pay up for him, I think he's like 936K, 936, 934. Yeah, you just bring him straight in. Yeah, I'm bringing him in this week um, and I'm very excited about it. Love it. I know you 
wanted to flag Witherden as well as a as a cheap option. Do you do you have any stats same, for him? Same same reasoning, just with the with the West Coast chip mark. His I think he's coming off a one oh five and a one thirty one off yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah, so he's seven hundred and five K. I think it's funny because I shot you down when you mentioned it off air, but he's looking, so cheap. Looking man. further into it, yeah, the price is just such a factor. Seven hundred and five gave gay well, i can't speak today <laughs> kiss your cousin 705k mate. for a guy who has potential to average 100 he's averaged close to 100 multiple times in the past so if if that kick mark chipping sort of game style is real then with is probably the best cheap option this week in defense it's huge yep all right let's move on to our midfielders so we've got josh kelly at one percent noah anderson 29 percent Christian Petrarca at 26%, Jack Steele 19%, Darcy Parrish 9%, Tom Mitchell 7%, Sam Walsh 5%, Hugh McCluggage 4%, um, Adam Trelaw at 3%, uh, Adam Chera at 1%, Libba is at 1%, LDU is at 0.1%, and Jared Lyons is at 0.1%. So all of these guys are super unique in the top 1,000. Um, right off the bat, I want to say my favourites, Darcy Parrish. You just know, yeah. you know he's going to be good. Um, he's going to be awesome. Jack Steele, I think, is the value pick of the bunch. But I also think at nineteen percent, that is going to skyrocket this week. Hundred percent in the top in the top one thousand in the top ten thousand. I reckon that number is going to move up at least to like 50 percent. Like everyone's going to jump on this week. Um, and I'd recommend you do too. Even like whether you need a pod or not, I think Jack Steele. Is going to be a must-have for the ride home at his price. Finish your team off with him, man. He's the one. Yeah, for sure. I've um I've highlighted the same two names, Parrish and Steele. I think Parrish is the pick of the bunch in terms of average. I think he's just the safest. Um, he's averaging 108.8 for the year, which has him as the fifth highest averaging mid. That's just solid form. Um, he does doesn't play bad games either, Parrish. He's so consistent. I I love him. I mean, I brought him in this week. He was he was my pick of the bunch. Um. Still, like you said, he's coming off his best score of the year by far. We know what he's done in the past, 110 and 120 in the last two years. Um, he should be around the top top eight mark, especially if he's healthy. And he looks, by you know by all accounts, he looks to be healthy. The other name that I highlighted was Adam Chera. He's got an 11-game average of 109.7, which has him like right up there for, for the best players throughout the, the entire year. Um, now that he's found that form, I mean, we've always kind of thought Chera could be a primo and he's doing it now in front of our eyes. His ownership is so low. He's one that I'd be super keen to jump on as well as a point of difference. And I don't think many people will jump on him from here because there's kind of sexier names that are, are a bit less than him um, in terms of price. So Chera is really going to be a point of difference for the entire year, I would say, yeah. and one that could you know continue his 110 ways. Yeah. The the kind of guys we're looking for are like the like the Brad Crouch of last year, who just come home as like the number number one or number two midfielder, who just no one owns. That's what you need. Yeah, in, the, in just like the last month, they, they'll win you finals, they'll win you a hat if you're close. Um, I re- I really reckon you've got to try and target some of these guys, and I think yeah, Chera, Parish, they're you guys, yeah, they're your boys, absolutely. Um, we we included Lions on the list as well, just as kind of if he stays in the team, he's so cheap around five fifty k. Um, Wilmot to him is going to cost you, what, 10K this week? It's ridiculous. So if there's any mail that comes out that Lions is going to stay in the team, he's he's a risk you could take if you're really cash-strapped. Oh, yeah, he's so cheap. It, I was having a look at Brisbane's team yesterday just to see if anyone could come out of the team instead of him. 
um, even when Dunkley's back because Brisbane or Fagan either sees him as a like for like with Dunkley and he'll just come straight back out or maybe he likes what he's doing and, you know, Loman, you got Fletcher. It's Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, I think, maybe even Dev Robertson. I think in terms of like just Brisbane on this year, they're going to want to make finals and Lions is still a phenomenal player. Like, yeah, Dunkley's a better player than him at the moment, but we know it, it actually sort of went quite quite unspoken about last year, but Lions actually had Osiatis pubis OP, um, which is like a pretty shocking injury in terms of like movement and running. So the fact that he's come back into the team for his first full game of the year, dropped a 110. Like I know it was against West Coast, but if he can stay in the team, I reckon he could still average 100 plus. Oh, like, easy. He's averaging 127 in the VFL. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Huge, he, mate. He, he should be in the team. So if yeah. there's any male that he's going to stay, then he's just so cheap. He's just so cheap. It's, yeah, it's funny. He's a bargain, but he also has the actual footy, like the actual fantasy chops he does. to put it, put up numbers with the top eight. He was the yep. number three averaging player two years ago yeah, in 2021. Yeah, Insane, mate. Insane. So Jared Lyons is actually a huge watch. No matter what his price is, if he can, if he can maintain a CBA role, he'll be up there. He'll be right up there. All right, what have we got next? Our rocks. Rux is an interesting one. You wouldn't really flirt with anyone. Briggsy is 3% of the top 1,000, but... Oh, don't say his name to me. <laughs> it actually hurts my soul that I don't have him anymore. I genuinely have considered trading him back in this week. <laughs> I love the man so much. Don't be silly. Just get English. Just get English. And the other one, Nankervis. I'll just put a little lol here next to it in my notes because he's, he's just... Lloyd. Yeah, and... Yeah. Anyway, I've, I've got one more ruck actually written down, and that's the big X man, Tristan Sherry. I really like what he did in his game. I was really keen on him in the preseason as well. So I'm just going to quickly summarize his season to date. Now, he scored 26 from 15% tog in round one against West Coast. Um, he played limited tog in his VFL return and then backed that game up with a 149 in the VFL to force his way into the team. Comes back into the AFL, scores his 110 against Geelong and Reese Stanley. Now, in the last five games, Geelong are actually giving up 3% less than opponents' averages to them in games. So that 110 from Sherry is actually a fairly solid effort. Um, his next three comes up against the Hawks, the Saints, and West Coast. So that's a soft run in terms of like scoring on rucks. Um, man, he's so cheap. 565K. Darcy Cameron to him nets you about 170 this week. I think it's it's a risk you could take, ride it for two or three weeks, especially with English's um, not, you know, he's still in great form, but he, he has had a slight dip and he's now plummeting in price. So Sherry could be a, a short-term option. He's, you know, no one owns him. His ownership is so low. What was it, 0.1%? Something like that, yeah. Ridiculous. He might not have even been in any top top 1K teams. But, you know, the numbers the numbers are there. Last year he was solid. Um the, the one flag is that Goldie has to stay out of the team. If Goldie comes in, you cannot get Sherry. But if, you know, they come out and say that Sherry's going to be the number one ruck at North um, and he's going to play solo, then I, I, by all means, I reckon you could get him in and roll with him for a few weeks at least. Wow, that was a beautiful two-minute monologue about Tristan Sherry. Yeah, had, I love it. It had no, to be done. No, that's excellent. That's, uh, that's Keebs' love for the great man there. He's actually, he's very high on the watch list for next year. Like very, very high Absolutely. on the radar. Also high on the radar from that game. I was watching it on the weekend. It was a bit of a snooze fest, but um, also Tanner Bruin is is very high on my radar for next year. Looks good, like passing the eye test. But anyway, that's that's for next year to talk about. Um, all right, let's move on to the forward line. There's only a couple we'll talk about. 
Now, Caleb Daniel, we mentioned him in the defenders, but he actually has forward status as well. So, again, same thing goes for Caleb Daniel. Excellent, excellent forward pod at 1%. Jack McRae is only in 20% of the top 1,000 teams. Yeah, Um just- it's McRae. He's it's just McRae. We, yep. you know what you get from McRae. He's just great at, at fantasy. Yep. Now this is this is a really interesting one for me. This surprised me. But Josh Dunkley, obviously he's injured at the moment, but is only in two point eight percent of the top one thousand. So that means that what ninety seven percent traded him out. That's crazy. So it's just it just goes to show the hive mind that fantasy can be. I mean, it probably was the right decision, just not knowing how long he'd be out for, but. That's crazy. So as soon as he's back, if you can if you can launch into him quickly, the, the, he's, I mean the week he yeah, gets back, he, because he'll still be super unique. Exactly, and his price tag is higher, so you might catch some people off guard the week that he comes back. They're just for whatever reason they're cash strapped and they can't quite get up to him. Yeah, targeting some of the other cheaper guys. Exactly. So you might get it. You might get a hit if you can get onto him quickly, because I think his his. Ownership will obviously rock it up. Yeah, hundred percent. But, but he, he could be unique for a, a couple, exactly. a few weeks. So you might, you might get a rank, a rank hit, um, if you can get on quickly. So Big boost. Yeah. So those are all our top one thousand guys. I think there are a lot of great names in there, like proper uber primos that aren't owned by many people. So you know, do your best to get them in. Love new it. age, new age fantasy. Now, quickly, I wanted to highlight a couple of top one thousand ownership players that are highly owned that you could maybe jump off. Now, right off the bat, Tom Green is in 87% of the top 1,000. So he's straight away a guy that you could jump off. We saw him score a 69 on the weekend. I said a couple of weeks ago when we did our rolling best 22 that I didn't think he would be in the top eight mids coming home. And it looks like he's probably not at this stage. So he's one that you could get a rank hit by jumping off early. Yeah, he's got a five-round average of 93.8 now. So that's well under the top yeah, eight mids. He's one, to, he's one to jump off. Yep. Will Day at 57%. Um, Darcy Cameron, 49%. Ben Keys. Now, he's scoring pretty well, um, but... The role has changed. Doesn't have the role. He's had three CBAs total in his last two weeks. Yeah, but he's still pushing up to stoppages and playing kind of as an extra mid, but without being in the CBAs, it's it's... A massive concern. I think we're going to see a dip from him pretty shortly. Yep, but he's in fifty-two percent of the top one thousand. So yeah, you could get it. You get a hit if you could go off early and he drops an absolute stinker. Now Harry Sheasel is in forty-three percent of the top one thousand still, which is huge. After we saw him, what did he score in the end? Like a 50, 52. 52. and he played the second half as a forward. Um, so he's a guy that I'd hundred percent jump off probably this week. Yeah, if just, you can. Just quickly on Cheezel, that's an unfortunate one because we all thought that he could be around the mark for top six defenders if he stayed in that role. Looks like that that role's changed now, so you've got to jump off. Yep. And Himmelberg is at thirty two percent now. Yeah, as I said before, Cheezel is probably the one I jump off first, and Darcy Cameron. Those are the two guys that you want to just get off ASAP. Absolutely. All right, great. Now, the next thing we have to talk about, and I'm very excited to announce that the winner of the non-ton run is our very own Ninkin Poop. Ollie Wines. What a guy. What a guy. He's done it. He's done it. Officially, 2023's most disappointing player. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> Good on you, Ollie, mate. What a guy. All right. 
he is the champion. He is the non-ton run champion. Like I said, officially 2023's most disappointing player. It's a it's a far sight from Brownlow Wines from two years ago. I've got to tell you, mate, what a ride, what a journey it's been to get to this point. It was it was down to him, Amon, Carl Amon, and Angus Brayshaw this week. Amon and Gus both turned up, and it's it's just Wines there by himself. The winner. The winner. The, yeah, the, the ultimate loser, the winner loser. Yeah, we, we might have what to. What a ride! I think I guess this is our our final nincompoop check in. It could be the death of the, yeah the nincompoop check in. The end of an era. He's a winner, and we just leave it there. We find another player. Yeah, it's been it has been a, a wild ride, Ollie. Um, also, he let me down in my bold prediction from a couple months ago. So that, <laughs> that was upsetting. Yeah, yeah, it's over. Yeah. It it's is over. over. That, I, this is how we know we're on the home straight, mate. The non-ton run is finished. Yeah. The, the the final round of DPPs have come out. It really is. It's the home straight. Yeah. I'm just laughing because I loaded up the song from the wrong bit and you just started singing the verse and it didn't quite have the effect that I wanted, but Not that's quite. all right. Hey, that's all good. We you all sing along mistakes. to the verse. It's part of the song. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Next on the list. Oh, yeah. James Sicily is back. And I want to talk about it because... I mean, we already did. We did. We mentioned him <laughs> as an option, but I, I I, wanted to talk about this for selfish reasons because I said I'm getting him this week, but I'm actually conflicted because I'm deciding between James Sicily and Sam Doherty. And I want your advice on who you think I should pick. I'm getting... If it's me and I'm choosing between those two, I'm getting Sicily. I just think the role that he's had, the just absolute junk, and the ceiling that he's shown um, eclipses Doc this year. Doc's been awesome, but playing more of a wing role now, so it's less sort of junky half-back touches that Doc's getting. Um, and yeah, I, I think his ceiling is going to suffer for it. So it's Sicily for me every day of the week out of those two. Wow, it's it's interesting because that's the exact thinking that I had, and I, I sort of thought you would talk me the other way, but <laughs> I guess we're both in agreement then. I, I'm kind of keen on Sicily. You're keen on Sicily. Yeah, what's his three-round average? Like 140, I Enormous, think. Man. Yeah, it's Enormous. huge. Doc, I mean, Doc's averaging 107 too, so he's, he's been a great pick. I actually got Doc this week, and I'm a, I'm a now a happy owner. But yeah, if you're making that choice that for the coming week, it's Sicily. Well, Sick Dog also has Saints in like two weeks, oh, which, is, my goodness. which is when he dropped his 160. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, I like be. it just for that. It sucks because looking at my team now, my defense is finished. He actually posted it on the Cousins Twitter, but... I've got Dawson, Dacos, Doc, Sinclair, Stewart, and Wang Mill. So it's kind of hard to see how to fit Sicily in there, to be honest. I'm keen to get him maybe for Stewart, but... Yeah, or maybe trade out a midfielder and move Dawson into your midfield. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to pick him over any of those mids. I think I think it would be Stewart or, or the Wang Mill that goes, but those guys are in form now. So I, I, maybe Sicily will become low priority for me. It's kind of... Uh, I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you sure will Alright We have a couple more things That I wanted to highlight For our talking points Just a couple of things That I did actually manage To get to watch Over the weekend Now Led <laughs> Absolutely saved his game And I just wanted to talk about it Because it was just epic stuff It looked like he was going to drop Another 80 on us He wasn't looking good For most of the game But I think he had Four uncontested marks In the last I want to say Three minutes Two or three minutes um, and then a couple of hugs as well. Scored, I think, like 30 points in the last few minutes. Absolutely saved it. Got himself to 116 in the end. Um, so that was one thing from the weekend. Also, Took, the return of Took, which is just good to see. Good to see him back. And he dropped a 97 from 69% tog. We actually forgot to mention him in our pod chat. 
but he he's definitely one that you could jump on. He's he's dropping in price now because the B is high, but mate, he would be a juicy unique. The flag is he played at half forward, and ov- obviously he can score there. I'm sure he pushed up the ground. What? I didn't get to watch the game. Ninety seven from sixty nine percent. Yeah, Todd. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would like to see some CBAs. You know, he's a top eight mid when he gets them, um, and he's going to be so cheap. So he's he's one that I'm, I'm licking my lips at. Um, and that's pretty much all I can think of to talk about, other than our baby giraffe check in. Giraffe. 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 Riley O'Brien, as we say at the Cousins, is unrivaled on the pitch and is etching an everlasting legacy as the unequivocal paragon of greatness. And this week, the big man turned up again 101 points off the back of 40 hitouts from his beautiful, soft, angelic hands. All to advantage, I bet. All of them. <laughs> Every single Every one. Every single one. They couldn't win, but he did his very best. The great man, our boy, Riley O'Brien. What a guy. What a guy. I love him. Yeah. I want to kiss him. Yeah. How good of him to do the, to, to do the intro for the pod this week as well, yeah. by the way. Yeah, so generous. Shout, out to, shout out to Rob. <laughs> Not Rob. All right, so now we're going to move on to the Cousins Crystal Ball. <laughs> Professor Filoni. He will return tonight. Sorry. Let's All right, talk. it's time for the Ben Keys check-in. We call him Baba Yaga. This week, big bad Ben scored 91. He kicked two snags. 61 of those 91 were also in the second half. Only two CBAs, which is still a concern, but Baba Yaga does not care. 91, solid week. Ben, love your work, you beautiful boy. You bad, bad man. You got me again. <laughs> I'm going to have heart issues just from doing this podcast, mate. Every week, mate. It's <laughs> I love it. All right, let's talk predictions. And I'm actually throwing it to you this time. Okay, it, is, it has been thrown to me. <laughs> now, last week, Naish, in place of you, said that Andy Brayshaw would be the highest averaging player come season's end. What do you think about that, Jay? <laughs> that is such a stitch up, Naish. Why did you say that? I don't know. Because he meant like Brayshaw's actual average was going the to highest. eclipse. Yeah, so I was I was unsure at first. I thought, oh, maybe just from this point. But no, he literally meant Andy Brayshaw <laughs> is going to have the highest average at the end of the season. Nice, you're a dog, mate. Why did you stitch me up like that? I trusted my prediction to you last week. And you stitched me up. Stitch up. Unfortunately, yeah. mate. All right. Well, last week I said that Laird would bounce back with a 145 plus. He did not do that. He was phenomenal in the second half, but he fell. Ultimately, he fell 29 points short. That's not great. We also had two of our old predictions that actually ended last week. And they were you saying Keys would have a five round average of over 90 and maintain a mid roll. Which you got wrong Duh. because he did not maintain a mid-roll even though his five-round average was absolutely astronomical. Let's have a look. His Are you really going to be that strict about it? Five, I feel like... Five-round five average was 107. Surely pay that. He didn't play mids, I want, mate. I want to win just one prediction by the end of the year. Sorry, mate. He didn't play mid, so you don't get it. Um, he, Hey. <laughs> no, nah, look. I'll, I'll give that one to you because he averaged 107. He had some CBAs. 
he, he, he smashed it. He look, he didn't maintain a mid roll. I'm taking. I, I'm taking. I'll get. Nah, I will give it to you. Yes. Good call, I'm mate. On the board, ladies and gentlemen. 107 plus. I just want to remind the listeners as well that Ben Keys was averaging about 70, maybe even less than 70 when you initially said that. So it was a bold prediction. He put, you know, what 37 points on that average over the last five games. So great call, mate. Now I said that Ollie Wines. I said this about two months ago. He would ton up for the first time in round 17 this year he did not and he lost slash won the non-ton run for the year shout out again to the nincompoop bad stuff mate you cost me a bold prediction point there now this week jados what have you got my prediction this is this is you i don't know if you call this bold but i'm into it i've got the confidence we'll, we'll and negotiate. i'm saying we negotiate right. on the pod <laughs> there's not much room for negotiation on this one and i'm saying i will finish with the highest rank in our league come season end. You're just wrong. You're just wrong. I will. You're I'll have you for a, sure. I'm literally I'm, beating you right now, mate. Yeah, by 12 points. That's a thrashing. <laughs> That's an absolute thrashing. Mate, my team is better than yours, hands down. Is that why you're losing to me? Is that why I outscored you in the last two weeks? It's because it's because of my captain selections. Oh, captain's part of your team, mate. The captain is part of the team, yeah. but it's not... Does the statement "my team is better than yours" captain excludes no it captain selections? It does. The captain selections are part of what your weekly score. So you think that your captain does not count as part of your team? <laughs> You're mincing my words, cousin. That's what you just said. No, That's I'm saying when the when you make the statement "my team is better than yours," you don't factor in captains. Because that's a weekly selection that adds points on top of your team. But it's part of that's the part, team. It's what part of the game. About? It's not part of your team. What are you talking about? You're an absolute peanut. <laughs> it's a it's a weird listeners. You got you guys need to chime in and back me up on this. If I'm to make, <laughs> I'm going again. If I'm to make the statement, my team is better than yours. How how would you possibly factor in the captain as part of my team? Gonna, being better than his. We're going to have to put a poll out on Twitter because I think I'm, so. I'm intrigued. You know what is absolutely insane? You're actually fourth overall in our league and I'm first and there's 12 points between you and me. What? Yeah. I'm Ma- fourth. Yeah. So Mark, who was our, our podcast guest last week, is, has seven points less than me overall. And then Harry, who we've talked about a lot on the pod as well, is only two points behind Mark and then you are three points behind Harry. Wow. So it's tied at the top, mate, in our league. It's very, very tight at the top. Look, it's not really that bold because it's so close at the top. All you have to do is be better than three other people for the rest of the year. I need more from you, mate. All right. You but want you want an actual ranking? It's bold because you won't beat the big JKs. That's all I'm saying. I'll say I'll finish inside the top 3,000 by the end of the year. I reckon I will too, mate. Yep. The, so the cousins will do it. <laughs> Is that my prediction? Yeah, both of us. You have to take me with you to, for, it to be, <laughs> no. for it to be bold. You're gonna drag me down, not, cousin. You're gonna drag me down. That's what you're doing right now with your twelve <laughs> points, mate. All right. Well, so what are we settling on for this one? Uh, I don't know. What are we shaking on? All right. It's, maybe we'll have to take a timeout and you, come come back. You need to have like a, a game specific prediction. Like a, a, it has to be fantasy. Well, can I can I just related, can I sure. can I just stick with this one? Have it out there, and then you say yours, and I'll in that time I'll come up with a game specific prediction. All right, that sounds good. Well. All that right. sounds good. All right, my bold prediction is a weekly specific one, and I've got Mills to drop his second one ten plus score of the year. Callum Mills on Thursday against the Dogs. 
A game that we will be watching, actually, at the Canfield with the traders at the show. How exciting. That is so good. So, so good. Um, any listeners, um, if you're there in Perth on Thursday night, come say hello to us. Keebs has bald head, but he might be wearing a uh, blonde curly wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll either be bald or have a big blonde afro. One of the two. Um, but yeah, no, we post. I think we posted a selfie on twitter a bit earlier so you, you know what we look like come say hi come say hello we'd love to have a chat to you love to meet some of you guys um yeah thursday night how exciting it is exciting mate it's going to be great to see the traders as well their shows are just phenomenal so if you haven't grabbed a ticket do do it now all right my prediction for this week wait so you don't you're not going to respond to my prediction do you just care about where we're going yeah did you do you even know what i said yeah you said callum mills <laughs> <laughs> callum mills scores 110 plus. That's yeah. what you said. Yeah, for only the second time this year. What do you think? Oh. Second time this year. It's got to be bold. He might not even play midfield, to be honest. I'm claiming it. That makes him a good pick. I'll give you... Yeah, it makes him a great pick. Yeah, so that's I'm, bold. I'm bold, giving right? you... I'll, I'll give you 115. No. Nah. Meet in the middle, 112. Yeah, all right. He has to beat 112. If he lands on 112, not. No, nah, 112 not counts. 112 still counts. All right. Deal. Oh, all right, done. 111 doesn't count. Yeah, so 112 plus for Callum Mills on <laughs> Thursday night. Great. All right, my prediction is Jared Lyons. Oh, here we go. Backs up his 110 with another ton. Bang. That's a bold prediction. I love it, mate. You can have that one. Against Melbourne. Melbourne are actually fairly easy for mids to score in, but it's still a bold. That's a very bold prediction. A guy who hasn't been in the AFL all year to, to, to post back to back tons. I love it. And that would make him a phenomenal pick. It would. It would. All right, that's that's those that's are our predictions. Oh, we got <laughs> the actual predictions went very smoothly. They did. I love it. Excellent. All right, it is time to move on to fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready, mate. I was getting my notes. Uh, are we just going to continue on? We are going to continue, continue on. on. Okay. I looked at I looked at Keebs to start talking. He looked at me with fear in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and none of us started. So I guess I'm going to kick us off by right. talking about my fantasy proverb, which is this. If you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams and you will always look lovely. <laughs> Now, the meaning... (laughs) Who's it from? The meaning, like all great art, is for your own interpretation. Okay, cool. (laughs) Just be a happy man. I don't know who the quote's from. I just found it and I liked it. Okay, cool. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just bringing my happy, positive, tropical energy (laughs) back from my holiday. I liked it and I'm going with it. Okay, cool. (laughs) Great stuff, mate. All right, I've got mine here. It's from Albert Einstein and it's this... The one who follows the crowd will usually go no further than the crowd. Those who walk alone are likely to find themselves in places no one has ever been before. Now, we had our pod chat earlier in the the pod. That's what it's about. Bring in pods, people. Be unique. That's the way to get to the promised land. That's the way to win a car. It's the way to win a hat. It's the way to get in the top 1K, the top 5K, whatever you're aiming for. Be unique and you will be rewarded. Excellent. That's um. I'm glad you backed it up with some actual fantasy advice <laughs> after, my, after my really weird one. Um, but yeah, uh, everything you said is so true. Like it's the time of year. 
to get creative with your picks. Time to get freaky with it. Time to bring in James motherfucking Sicily. You love the sick dog. I do love the sick dog. I haven't owned him all year. Probably for my own good, for my own mental health. But um, it's time. It's time we get crazy with it. So um, I guess that's the end of our podcast for this week. Um, round 18 coming up. We're going to see you guys at the Traders event. At the Camfield on Thursday. That's correct. Come say hello. Um, and yeah, good luck for this round. Be bold with your trades and good luck. And if you've been listening, thanks for tuning in. See you later. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.